Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, and there he goes. Right hand, left hand. And I don't think he's going to get up. I think it's all over. I think it's over. Is he going to get up? Can he get up? Can he get up? He does. Oh, my goodness. Somehow, Fury has managed to get up. Thanks to Wow Hydrate, who've sponsored the podcast. They've provided me and the lads with some of their protein and vitamin waters along with the electrolyte drinks, which are the best on the market. Thanks for your continued support. We really appreciate it. Hello, folks, and welcome back to the Brawl Boxing Podcast. I'm Kieran McCourt, and I'm joined by co-hosts Colin McGuigan and Ram McLaughlin. So, guys, we're very excited about today's guest joining us. Please welcome former two-time welterweight world champion, Sean Showtime Porter. Sean, how are you doing, mate? Showtime, Sean Porter. By the way, we actually should put a disclaimer out. We tell all our American guests, Sean, you probably might not understand us at times because we talk very quick. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah no, uh, it's not okay. Uh, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. <laughs> well, we, appreciate, we appreciate you coming on. What, what time is it over there in the States? Uh, it's, it's 10 o'clock a.m., so I appreciate you guys for staying up for me. How about that? Oh, no, absolute legend, gentlemen. Uh, yeah. We should, I have to say, Sean, I'm a bit disappointed. I thought after retirement you were going to come on looking out of shape. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> put on about. I thought you had to put on about thirty kilo. You're looking in better neck than all of us put together. What's out of it? I'm 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 working on it, man. Um, I I think if if my life was a little different and I wasn't in the public eye as much as I am, then I wouldn't be getting up every morning to go work out. But uh, <laughs> beyond that, I, I got some other things that I'm working on, and and uh, I got to look good on the movie screens, right? Ricky Hatton's an exception. Sean, you've obviously you've had you've had an incredible career, but. Before we obviously get into that, we're a podcast based in Ireland and we'd love to hear our listeners just to hear about your early memories growing up in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Well, you know what? Let me first say this. Uh, my wife and I were watching TV the other day and I said, I heard it's beautiful over there. You want to go? And she said, and she said yeah. So uh, Ireland has been on my list of cities to or, or, or countries to visit for a very long time. And so I'm, I'm hoping to come over there, man. Maybe, uh, maybe sometime this year. So you, you yeah, have to show yeah. me the ropes if I do. We'll bring you out. There's We'd a place be honored to have you, Sean. There's a place called the Davenish, and it does the best <laughs> pint of Guinness you'll ever have. So even if you don't drink Guinness, we'll bring you there, and then we'll bring you to yeah. Putin if you like. If you like burritos, better than Mexico City. Yeah, <laughs> really. My wife well, would love it. Would love that. She's Mexican, so. Oh, don't tell her I said that then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, to answer your question, man, um, I, I, I've traveled the world boxing and I've done a lot of uh, boxing. What I've learned is 
everywhere is what you make it. And so you'll, you'll get people who do not want to leave the city that they were raised in, the state that they were that they were born in. And what I've learned is it doesn't matter where you go, as long as you make the best of it, as long as you're living your best life, wherever you are, it's going to be great. You know, so you'll hear from other people who are from Cleveland and they'll say, man, Cleveland is one of the hardest cities to come up in. It's one of the, the roughest cities in America. For me, the side of Cleveland that I saw, I love Cleveland. Uh, I didn't I didn't have to experience a rough childhood. I didn't have to experience growing up in in the hoods of Cleveland and and worrying whether or not I was gonna live to see the next day. There literally are people, uh, even to this day, that are from Cleveland and and can tell you stories. My dad has some phenomenal stories and crazy stories of his childhood growing up in Cleveland. I didn't have that, and then uh, I spent a lot of my childhood in the in the in Northeast Ohio in the suburbs of Cleveland in the suburbs of Akron, uh, notoriously known for uh, producing LeBron James. Uh, so, uh, as long as you're doing the right things and you have goals and all that kind of stuff, you can be from you know a, a rough area, but, but make it through. I did, and so did LeBron James, as well as a number of others. And Jake, Jake Paul, is he, he's from Cleveland, Ohio? <laughs> Who was that? Jake, Jake yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, so Jake Paul, again, um, the, the suburbs of Cleveland. So we always on, on TV, we'll say Cleveland because people know that city. Uh, there's a city 10 minutes outside of, of, of the city of Cleveland where, where Jake, where Jake and his brother and his family are from. So um, again, I, I don't really know about his childhood growing up. Uh, he, se he seems to sound like he was bullied a lot growing up and, and through high school and things of that nature. Um, it happens, you know, but uh, he was able to, to figure it out and make it through, you know. Just on that point, like everyone respects you a lot in the in the boxing world, what you have to say. And I know you're probably sick of hearing about like Jake Paul because we're, we're sick of talking about it as well. But do you, what do you think? What's your opinions? Is, is it good for the sport? It's good for the sport because it puts, it puts eyes on the sport. And I think that, you know, people have to understand what they're looking at. They're not looking at uh, world class. Everybody in the boxing world is so used to world-class and used to seeing, okay, what's next for world-class? We've never seen somebody not from our sport be talked about in our sport. And so a lot of people don't respect Jake Paul because he didn't have the amateur background. He didn't come up through the professional ranks having 10 plus uh, fights before a world championship title. And yes, he's got millions and millions of, of followers and he's making those kind of bucks but you're watching a guy who came from one entertainment field into this entertainment field, and he brought what he had with him to this entertainment field. That's why he's making the money. What we, I believe we should do is respect what he's doing, respect the fans that he's bringing to the sport, eat off of that plate and show that, okay, yeah, Jake does it one way. Here's, here's a better way to do it in terms of world-class, and this is world-class. And I think that, you know, everybody can can learn how to promote better from watching Jake Paul. They can learn how to make more money in this sport because Jake Paul is doing it, you know? Yeah, 100%. And as well, like the point you made, he, he doesn't have to be doing it, which is, yeah, you have to admire that. Like he's millions in the bank. And yeah. you know, there's there's a lot of easier ways to make money than, than getting in the boxing ring like and getting your head punched in. So you have to respect it. Just on you as well, you obviously had a very 
very come forward, aggressive, exciting style your whole career. It's what made you very fan friendly. Did you have that yeah. in, the, in the amateur ranks growing up, or what was what was your style like then? I did. Uh, actually, my very first fight. I'll give the long story short. Um, coming up, my dad taught me the basics of boxing. I'm really good with the basics. And uh, my first amateur fight, uh, the kid was throwing like a hundred punches around. He's coming at me like this. And I'm literally, I was really good when I was young. I was making them miss. And I was like, you know, just really basic, you know? And after two rounds of that, I came back to the corner and my dad says, he's, 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 he's out hustling you. I think that uh, you got to go out there and you got to fight him like he's been fighting you. If you don't fight him like he's been fighting you, you're not going to win. My dad looked at me, he says, uh, you know what a thunderstorm is, right? I said, yes. He says, just raining nonstop, right? I said, yeah. He said, when you go back out there, I was eight years old. He says, when you go back out there, I want you to get on him like a thunderstorm and don't get off of him until the bell rings. And uh, that's what I did. I went out there and I won my first amateur fight. And I believe that the foundation of me having an aggressive style started with my very first amateur fight where I did, I wasn't that aggressive. And my dad thought that, hey, if you're not aggressive this round, you might not win this fight, you know? So that's kind of where it all started. <laughs> Sean, you had like an incredible um, amateur pedigree. You beat some household names like Daniel Jacobs, Demetrius Andrade, Alexander Usyk. Some people don't, don't know that. Um, unfortunately, he came up just short for the 2008 U.S. Olympics team. Did that spur you on a bit in your, your pro career after that? You know what? Um, I think it did and it didn't. Do you guys know who Kelly Pavlik is? Yeah. So, so Kelly's from Youngstown. Youngstown is 45 minutes from Akron. It's an hour, from, hour and a half from Cleveland. So I, I, I knew Kelly very well from an amateur. He was one of the guys I looked up to. And then I also knew his coach, Jack, Jack Lowe. Um, from, from just, you know, growing up in the sport. And um, I was about to have my first professional, uh, my first professional match. And I happened to be in Youngstown at a, uh, at a, uh, at a boxing match. And Jack Lowe was there. Kelly was there and I'm hanging out with these guys. Jack says to me, so are you excited to turn pro? I said, yeah, man, I can't, I can't wait to, to fight everybody that beat me in the amateurs. And you know, I, I know I had more of a professional style and it's going to work for me. And I'm going to be all those guys that, that be, beat me in the amateurs. He said, whoa, hold on, slow down, kid. This is before my first amateur, my first professional fight. He said, you're a long ways away from fighting all those guys. And I didn't understand that. He says, you won't fight those guys for five or six years. He says, don't focus on them right now. Focus on the fight that's in front of you. And then the one after that. He said, once you get a chance, you'll beat all those guys. I know that. I know you. You beat those guys. He said, but trust me, you're a long way from fighting those guys right now. So don't even think about it. And I was like really ramped up. I was geared up, ready to get face all those guys. Like, like, like you said, I came up short in the amateur in the um, Olympic trials to represent the U.S. in the games. And so, yeah, it did spur me on. But very quickly, somebody pulled me back and said, hey, you got to be patient with this thing. You got to take it one fight at a time. You got to learn and you got to grow. And eventually you'll get there. I, obviously, I didn't end up fighting any of those guys. But it definitely gave me the energy that I needed once when I turned pro. And, uh, of course, with the right right guidance, I was able to do some some pretty good things in, in boxing. Oh, absolutely. That, that doesn't do it justice. Uh, Colin, Colin touched on it. Though. I just have to go back a bit because I have to ask you about this. I've read this probably four or five times now, like over the space. There's always months between. 
And every time it surprises me because I always seem to forget it. It's just so crazy. You beat Alexander Usyk. As an I knew you were going to say that. Just, like, what? What? Just explain that. I knew that. you were going to say that. So, so as the amateur, I had kind of the, I was like, I had the X factor. I am a, uh, I'm a, I'm a hybrid athlete. And uh, I know you guys follow football over there. So I'm trying to think of what position. Uh, I think I would be like a forward. Who, who scores the goals? Is that the Messi, forward? Messi, Messi yeah. Ronaldo. So, yeah. So like, I'm, I'm like, I was like the forward. The forward can play, go back and play the defense, but he stays up and plays the offense and is the quick, got the quick feet and is fast and all that kind of stuff and can kind of play every position on the field. That's what the forward is, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like in boxing, I could do it all. So, if you were taller than me, I could. I was fast enough and quick enough, and I had really good boxing ability that I could actually out jab you and box you from the outside. But if I needed to, I was very strong, and of course, shorter. I could get on the inside and I could bang you out and I could break you down. And I was breaking guys down as an amateur. Um, if you were strong and powerful. I could use my, my movement and my quick feet and I could box you from the outside. It's like, I, I always had the answer to, if I didn't beat you, I challenged you as a, in the amateurs. And of course you saw that as a professional and the fight with Alexander Usyk, he was tall, he was rangy, he was a southpaw. And I was trying to box him from the outside and then we were boxing on points. And so the points were very close. But in the last round, I caught him with a big right hand and I backed him up and that's how I won the fight. It was a really good fight. And I think it was one of those fights that that boxing fans could pay to watch. Now, if I found the, 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 the video of that, I think that everybody would be like really excited to watch it. It's only four rounds. It's only two minutes around. But I think everybody would get their money's worth watching that one. Surely someone out there has that video. Like, yeah. surely someone there. I, I think I should try to figure that one out. I think we should try to figure that one out. Or, or if not, if not, Sean, if you did go down the Ricky Hutton route, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not messing with Alexander, sense. man. Very happy for him, though. <laughs> uh, like, uh, Sean, you obviously touched on the, the, the thunderstorm story with uh, your father. Do you know who installed that in you in your first uh, amateur fight? You obviously yeah. never shied away from anyone. You always fought the best. You always see him. There's boxing politics that go on, but you never, you never did. You never shied away. Was, was your father instilled that um, early on? Is that why your mentality was like that? Yeah. Hey, look, first of all, um, you pronounce your A, your eyes with the A. <laughs> That's crazy. How do you, how do you, how does your lips make an A? <laughs> When you see I on the paper, your lips and your mind tells you to say the A sound. <laughs> How is that possible? <laughs> there, there's actually, there's a part of the Joe Rogan podcast. He, sp he speaks about people from Belfast, but he called it Belfast because of the way we pronounce it. And he was like, oh, oh, yeah. those, those motherfuckers don't even speak English over there. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, no, I had so many experiences as the amateur where the decision didn't go the way it should have gone. And we, we fought on the point, uh, point system where the points were showed to the crowd during the, the course of the fight. And people could clearly see that I was winning the fight, but the points didn't reflect that. I mean, I, I went through it all as the amateur. And so I do think that at some, at some point as a, as a professional, it was like, it's like, even though you're going to be in this tough fight and even though 
you may not get the 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 the, the uh, fair shot from the judges. Everybody in in the stadium is going to see what's what's going on and what's going what's happening. And even if you don't win this fight from the judges' standpoint, the fans, true true people, the people who know boxing, they know what's going down and and who who's really really the winner of this fight. And so I always took that uh, into the fights with me, understanding that hey, if I don't win this fight, I'm damn sure whoever whoever wins this fight, they're they're gonna come close to death fighting me if my hand doesn't get raised they're going to know that they were in a fight that night and so I think that yeah at some at some point these guys got to be willing to uh put their skills to the test put their courage to the test put their heart to the test and not be uh not be not not shy away from or or shy away from a a uh a a fight because of who 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 the guy is standing across from the ring is I think that um, boxing is kind of coming into a a uh, era now where guys are going to start uh, willing. To, they're going to be willing to start, you know, putting their their records on the line and putting their their uh, putting it all on the line for the sake of the sport, for the sake of greatness. Well, that leads me on perfectly, just as you speak about that. In a few weeks' time, we'll have Caleb Brook and Amir Khan fighting, which is probably five, six, seven years overdue. I think like that's why a lot of the British scenarios fans loved you because you just mixed it with absolutely anyone. Doesn't matter, underdog favorite, you, you jumped in there. Yeah. People get very annoyed about the Kellbrook and Amir Khan situation because, as I say, it's 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 way past its sell by date, but it's it's still yeah. exciting, I suppose. If I put you on the spot, who who do you think wins that one? Uh I think Kellbrook wins this fight. Did he always win it in your eyes? Um, I know that this fight's been talked about for, oh my Lord, this fight's been talked about for eight years, maybe? How long is this fight? Longer yeah. than that, maybe? Yeah. Eight years, eight, nine years, yeah. Yeah, eight, nine years. Um, Eight or nine years ago, I think that, I think eight or nine years ago, Kel, hands down, would have won the fight. Uh, I think that uh, Amir Khan's got a little bit of a glass chin, unfortunately, and I think that uh, I think that upwards to eight years ago, he still had that that same chin. Uh, way back, coming out of the out of the Olympics, 04, I would have definitely went with with with, with Amir Khan. Before Amir Khan got beat by Bradis Bradis Prescott, I definitely would have gone with Amir Khan, and even now. Because of Amir Khan's speed and his and his boxing ability, there's still something in me that says he could win the fight. But I think that uh, I think that through the course of 12 rounds, I think that Kell Brook is too strong and, and too powerful for 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 uh, for for Amir Khan. Are you are you are you excited about it still, or are you? Um, it's a part of me that's excited for it for you guys because you guys <laughs> finally get the fight that you've been been waiting for for a long time and I think for you guys for for me it will be kind of like uh somebody from New York finally getting in the ring with somebody from New York or, or excuse me finally getting in the ring with somebody from LA I think you guys there's kind of that that bit of that rivalry that's coming as well uh in terms of uh demographically where those guys are from so I think that you guys over there I think it means more to you than it does to to boxing fans and to the mass general public of, of boxing in general. But I do think that it's going to be exciting. 
and uh, I, I will be tuned in. I will be, I will be watching. Do you think Amir Khan has any sort of advantage by training with Bo Mack and Terence Crawford? I don't, or do you know. I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think no. so. And I'm, and I'm not discrediting Bo Mack and I'm not discrediting Terence Crawford, but this is what I do know. I know that um, you don't just, you, you, at this point, Amir Khan is who he is as a fighter. Uh, of course, you can pick up techniques and people can teach you things that you may not have learned or they may uh, they may give more repetition to it. So it lasts with you more in, in, in an actual fight. But I got to figure that Amir Khan is who he is now. And when he gets in the ring, it's only a matter of rounds before Amir Khan is the Amir Khan that we've always seen. The glass chin thing, like one, one thing you have to say about Khan, apart from apart from this fight, though, is that he did mix it with anyone. He, he did, did, he you know, did, he did. It just yeah. feels like he just couldn't handle the thought of losing. The, like, he would fight anyone. He'd jump in with Canelo, but he just, <laughs> he just didn't want to lose the brook. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think, the, I think the similar situation with uh, with Errol Spence Jr. and Terrence Crawford right now. For sure. I, gotta, I, I have a feeling that right now, I think if, if I had to pick one, I feel that Errol... Even even way back in 2017 or 2019 is when we fought. I think even back then, I think he was just a little concerned that I could lose this fight to Terrence Crawford. I think for Terrence, I really don't think he has any concerns about losing the fight and as to why he wouldn't make the fight happen. I think that Terrence, he just wants to make sure he gets paid. As long as I get paid to do what I do, I'm going to go in there and do what I do. And that's, that was my mindset. I wasn't, for me, it wasn't, oh, well, I lost. So it's, it's no, no biggie to lose again. My whole thing was I'm getting paid to do what I do. How much are you paying me to fight this guy? Boom. That's what it is. Let's do it. You know? So um, I think now those guys are getting to that point where they got to get back in the ring or it could turn into the similar situation where like now a lot of people are like, well, they're fighting now, but I don't care now. Five or six years ago, yeah, I would have been interested in seeing that fight. Eight years ago, hell yeah, I'd have bought the fight. But I think now more people are like, yeah, okay, they're fighting. Do you do you have to sit on the fence when it comes to Spence and Crawford, or are we allowed to ask you about it? No, no, I don't. I don't have to sit on the fence. Uh, before I fought Errol Spence Jr., people were asking me who would win in the fight: Terence Crawford, or Errol Spence Jr. I sent Terence Crawford. After I fought Errol, who would win in the fight: Errol Spence or Terence Crawford? I said Terence Crawford. And for being in the ring with Terrence, who's going to win that fight? I believe wholeheartedly now that Terrence Crawford is a better boxer than Errol Spence Jr. Heard it from the horse's mouth. We've got it. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we've seen years upon the... Um... The crazy thing, though, I'm sorry to cut you off, but the crazy thing is people think that I don't like Errol Spence Jr. They think that because I'm picking Terrence Crawford, that means that there's I, that I got some animosity with Errol Spence Jr. No, I don't. Who wins, Errol Spence or your Denny Zugas? Errol Spence. Who wins, Errol Spence or Keith Thurman? Great fight. That's a hard one to pick. I'm rooting for Keith, but I think Errol might win that. I mean, like, it's not hard for me to tell y'all who I think wins fights, and it's not hard for me to take my bias out of it. But a lot of people think that I picked Terrence Crawford because uh, Errol beat me and because uh, we had a great fight that I could have won. There's nothing like that. I, I've been in the ring with both those guys. I know what I felt. I know what I saw. I think that Terrence Crawford will win the fight. And if I'm wrong, guess what? We got a great fight. 
Fans win, you know what I mean? Like, I don't care if I'm wrong. So, Sean, we've seen you as a pundit and you're a great analyst of the sport. Um, obviously, you've started up your own podcast now. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Uh, can I tell you more about the Portaway Packers? <laughs> <laughs> we're, we are, we're slacking here, like, we are, we are slacking. We need to get the your level. I, yeah, I, I can tell you that you should get one of these. <laughs> <laughs> we've got our own merchandise. Yeah, I'm working on it. Uh, this is this is my merchandise. This is the Port of Ways merchandise. Uh, ShopShawnPorter.com. That is a real website if you want to get Sean Porter merchandise. Um, beyond that, uh, the Port of Way podcast, we started it right as the pandemic was like coming out and fighting started back. Uh, that was 20, that was September of 2020, right after my, my fight with uh, Sebastian Formella. And really, I just, I worked for Fox and I hated that we only talked to PBC. And I hated that when I saw other platforms, ESPN, only talking about ESPN fighters, the zone, only talking to zone. The first meeting that we had with, with the guys that are on the, on the show now, I said, listen, we're about to do this and we do not pick sides here. We are talking everything boxing. If it's an amateur show that I heard about and this kid did well, and I got some way to bring it onto the podcast, we're going to talk about any and everything that's boxing. We're not going to be talking just the zone, just ESPN, just PBC. We're talking everything boxing. And that beyond that, boxing? <laughs> Bro, uh, well, I will definitely shout you guys out this week. Legend, legend. I'll definitely shout you guys out because this has been fun. If this was a shit interview, I, I probably would. I'd say uh, good luck. See, when you come to Ireland, does that mean we yeah. can do a sit-down with you in our studio? We're, we're yeah. in the process of buying a studio. So Ryan's actually funding it there. So whenever you come here, whenever you come here, we'll sit down and do a sit-down with you, right? And we'll... Uh, we're we'll ruining this holiday. Like, him and his wife come to Ireland to explore. Every, we're trying to get him talking about boxing. Yeah, every podcast needs a money guy. So that's uh, <laughs> not good. They're going on like I'm Eddie Hurd. Raise your hand if you're the money guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, we started that in uh, 2020 September, and it's grown tremendously over the la- over the course of the last year, going into now almost year and a half, and uh, it's a lot of fun. I love it. Um, and uh, we bring on other guests outside of boxing. So I'm uh, hoping to get this to the point where uh, even you guys do football over there. I don't know too many. Oh, I do know one one football player. Uh, I don't know him personally, but you know, I like to get to the point where this becomes more than just boxing, and the casual sports fan is tuning in. The casual businessman is tuning in. And so I'm trying to develop this bad boy in a way that this is a podcast for everybody, not just boxing. You've got the same business idea as us because we actually had on Doug Allen, you know, the creator of Entourage. Yeah. We had him on the podcast. We've had, who else have we had outside of boxing? We're having a few Premier League, Premier League, like the highest league in in England, like soccer players, you would say. Um, We're having them on. Just bringing in different audiences from outside of boxing, trying to get them to listen. And then hopefully then that they like the podcast and they stay and they keep listening. And then Joey, continue on from there. There you go. There you yeah, go. Sure. Yeah, so that's what we try to do. We've had uh, Metal World Peace on, uh, or Metal World no Sender for Ron Test NBA. 
A um, couple of other uh, guests we've had on WWE, uh, Big E, we've had him on. We, we're looking at having him on again. Hopefully next week we'll have him on the show again. So yeah, man, I think I, I think for me as a fighter, I people so people know my story. They know that I play football and they know that I box. People get the, the get the story confused and think that I boxed and then once boxing didn't work out. Excuse me, I played football. American football and then once American football didn't work out that I went and started boxing it's not true I started boxing at the age of five started competing at the age of eight and with American football I started competing at the age of eight and I did both until uh, I couldn't I couldn't play football anymore you know so with that being said I've always had an interest in other things other than boxing so I want this to pour away. I want to extend everything that I am to my viewers. And so it, it, I'm more than boxing. And I think that uh, with time, people will understand that the podcast is more than boxing. Porter's more than boxing. And, you know, everybody and everything that I'm connected to is more than just boxing. Are you a Cleveland Browns fan? 100%. 100. Oh, no. Talk yeah. to me about Baker Mayfield. Oh, man. Baker. Uh, Baker was a letdown this year. I, I believe that teams game planned for him this year and they figured him out. I think that if he can't make an adjustment very quickly next year, that we should figure out a way to move forward with the new, with another quarterback. I think that he's got the intangibles to be great, but I think that he's also got some deficiencies there that are working against him, mainly his height. I think that that has proven that it is, uh, proven to be a deficiency for him uh, through the course of the game. So we'll see what, what happens. Do make, what do you make of Odell back? I'm leaving as well. You know what, I'm Odell? Fan, so. Yeah, you know, Odell, I think coming to, to Cleveland, it was a lot of hype and a lot of excitement. I think that he served his purpose from that standpoint. Uh, I think that he didn't really fit into our scheme, our, our game, which is run the ball first, pass second. And um, when you're passing second and then you can't find him, that kind of, that means that he kind of doesn't belong, you know? So. Well, you got the best two punches for ball, haven't you? Yeah, he's, he's moved on. He's with the LA Rams and they're, and they're in the championship uh, in the, in the conference championship now. So I'm hoping he gets a, 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 a ring. You know, I think I'd like to see that for him. This I is one last my... question. I know, sorry, you three, I'm going off here about football, but would you, would you play Darnus Johnson ahead of uh, Kareem Hunt? And trade Kareem Hunt? I'd love no, to I, I wouldn't. I think that Kareem, uh, if Kareem's healthy, Kareem has, uh, again, he's got some intangibles that just make him an X factor. Uh, he can catch the ball out of the backfield, and he can he can make the moves. He not one guy's not taking him down. It's, it takes multiple guys to get him down. I think that uh, Nick Chubb has this special ability to have vision and quickness to get to those marks and make guys miss. He does it in a different way than, than, than Kareem Hunt. But I think that that's why those two are the, the leaders in the backfield. Dearness, uh Johnson, I think, is, is definitely a weapon for us. But uh, I don't think he's a stronger weapon than either of those two. Sean, this is why. This is exactly why you and Paulie Malinazzi are the two best analysts in the game. We had, yeah. Paul on, we had Paulie on a few months ago, and he was also speaking about football. And you both sound like you could also like easily do punditry for other sports. You yep. know so much and you speak yep. so well. So yep. uh, I, I haven't learned enough about uh, football uh, uh, yet to really talk it. 
Um, but I've watched American football my whole life. So that's easy for me. Um, I know some guys that are in football. Of course, my co-host Carson is, uh, he's, he's really into football as well. So, um, I love to have guys come on. I just don't know if I can personally give them the kind of conversation about football, the way that I could an NFL player or even an NBA player. So I'm hoping to do that. They'll bring on some, some, some more football content on the, on the Port Away podcast. Was it, a, was it a real possibility, Sean, that we could have seen you in the NFL then if you didn't change your, your different career path? Were you that good? I, I was good. I really don't think that I was good enough to be in the NFL in retrospect. Uh, of course, I had aspirations of being in the NFL. Uh, if I was in the NFL, I looked at my guys the other day. I said, if, if I was in the NFL, what position would I be? And we all know that I probably would be a returner, kick return, punt return. I was quick. I was fast um, and, and strong. Like me as a, a Tavon Austin kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully, I would have lasted a little longer than him. <laughs> but yeah, somebody like that. Yeah, I was a, a hybrid player that could play a slot position, maybe coming out of the backfield, may not be fast or strong enough to hit the hole and be uh, effective enough as an NFL player. But I was a running back in high school. And they'd all, they'd all want you there in case a fight broke out. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I think I think that that's what teams will be looking at now. They'd be like, "Yeah, let's bring them on," and you know, at least at the least, if a fight breaks out, we know we got the best on our side. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sean, Sean, we were all huge fans of you, and we were very, very, very excited about this one. So, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Before we let you go, Sean, because us being Irish, can I ask you the question about Katie Taylor, Katie Taylor, and Amanda Serrano? Like, what what do you think how it's gonna go? I'm going to give you my honest assessment of Katie. Right. The last fight that I saw was the first time that I watched her with intention, watched her to see, okay, everybody's been talking about Katie Taylor. Who is Katie Taylor? And I did not see what I thought I would see. Um, she's fast. She's got good boxing ability. She knows boxing. She knows the right moves to make and all that kind of stuff, but she's not extremely fast. She's not extremely quick. She's not extremely sharp and powerful and goes to the body and all these kinds of things. She's really good. But I think that uh, in the fight between her and Amanda Serrano, Amanda, what, what, I, what I've learned about Amanda, she gets hit. Amanda does not really use, she doesn't use much defense. It takes her, it takes Amanda saying, I'm going to be defensive in order for her to be defensive. And what I mean by that, there, there are people like me. I could throw a punch, and right after that punch, I make a defensive move. Amanda is offense, and I'm getting hit. I'll step around, but I'm offense, I'm getting hit. I'm stepping around, I'm offense, I'm getting hit. When she decides that she's going to use her feet or she's going to use her head movement, watch her when she boxes. There's no offense. When she decides to be defensive, it's just, uh, I'm here, uh, I'm here, I'm stepping around. She's not offense, defense, she's one or the other. And that could get her in trouble with, with Katie Taylor because Katie, Katie will let her hands fly. And, and Amanda, of course, will let her hands fly as well. I think it's a good fight. I think it's a close fight. I think it's one of the best fights to be made in women's boxing in a long time. Yeah, and can you, do you want to give us a prediction or? Uh, prediction, no. Uh, uh, I, would, I would pick Amanda to win because I think Amanda's the busier fighter. I think that Amanda has a little bit more in her arsenal 
Um, and I just think that the right opponent, Katie Taylor, bringing the best out of Amanda, I think that Amanda will win the fight. Well, you know the way you talk about Sorry, Ireland. You know the way you talk about LeBron in America? That's why yeah. Katie Taylor is in Ireland. So I might have to edit that to make it look like <laughs> skating. I'm just going to add it. Yeah, that's awesome. Like women's boxing over here is not like that. And boxing in general, I mean, there's four or five guys in the boxing world that they talk about like they talk about LeBron, you know. So I'm happy for Katie Taylor to, to do everything that she's done. She a two-time Olympian? Yeah, or what one Olympic gold medalist, but she should have been at the Olympics before. But there wasn't right. she was the reason she was the reason women's boxing got brought into the Olympics and then she turned pro. After oh yeah. 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 And Sean, I know I know you touched on the LeBron thing there, but see after this episode ours, you're gonna be like LeBron James in Ireland. So you are gonna have to bring your wife over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we may get you over. That's awesome. I will I will bring my wife 100 percent 100 percent Well, we'll be we're happy to be your your tour guide, Sean. Awesome. Listen, man, that's the best part of boxing for me, man. I got friends everywhere. And uh, it's like anywhere I go, I always got somebody that will, you know, make sure everything's good. So I got some guys now in Ireland that'll make sure my wife and I are good when we come over. Absolutely, lads. And Sean, thank you so thank, much. Thanks so here. much for coming on. Thank you guys you. take care, all right? Speak to you. Thank you. Later. Oh, and there he goes. Right hand left.